What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson. Today's guest on the show is Jack Ho. You know him on Instagram as Jack from Town. This is his second appearance on the show. First one was really good, and this one will not disappoint either. Jack is 15 years old, lives on the South Shore of Oahu, and he is wise beyond his years. Um, we dive into the influence of Instagram on foiling and the evolution of foiling, uh, the goods and bads. We go through the Lyft 170, which I just got and have been testing, and he's been riding now for a little over a month, it sounds like. Uh, tales with that, the feels of that, um, how special it is. Uh, the Takuma 1300, which I have also been testing and falling in love with, probably the best all-around wing that I have ridden. Uh, and on that note, a huge thanks to Big Wins for hooking it up and letting me test this gear. And please support Big Wins because they are supporting the show, bigwins.com. You can get 10% off the Takuma there. I believe they have one more in stock from what TJ just told me. Hit up TJ, tell him you listen to the podcast, and he will give you the discount. Um, I love this sport. It has been such a beautiful last 18 months, and it keeps getting better and feeling the evolution of gear uh, over the last you know, six months has just been mind-blowing and it really opens up what I feel um, is happening and where we're headed. You know, The efficiency, ability to turn and ability to pump in the same wings, uh, it's gonna be really fun. And there's gonna be a reward for all of us who have spent the time um, now to take advantage of that gear as it becomes available. So uh, I love it. I love the community. I'm stoked on all the positive feedback. Also want to uh, give a shout out to Foiling Magazine. Um, I got to write an article for the last Foiling Magazine on what I think the future of the sport is going to look like. I will not give any spoilers, but go and subscribe, support them because they're supporting the sport as well. Um, get your copy. Uh, there's an app if you want the digital copy or you can order Foiling Magazine. Uh, and get the hard copy, which is what I would do because those are great to have sitting around. And I think when we look back, it will be cool to have the uh, the whole catalog of Foiling Magazine. That's what I would do if I was you, just so you have them and you can look at, you know, just think if you had the first edition surfers from back in the day, that would be so cool. So let's dive in with Jack from town. This is a great show. Hit me with questions, comments, feedback. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate all you guys listening and uh, thanks for everything. Okay. Jack, thanks for coming back on the show, man. How are yeah, you? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, everyone loved your first episode. Got tons of good feedback on it and it's going to be fun to do it again. I got so much I, uh, I want to go over. But before I jump into my questions... What uh, what have you learned since our last conversation? What have you been frothing on? Yeah, so I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts and, you know, I listen to Annie's podcast, which is great, and Kane's and um, Adam Bennett's and all those guys. And it's so great when you get to listen to other people talk about foiling and you get to kind of learn from them. And foiling's so new that no, none of us really like know what's... what's um, necessarily like good and bad and like there's so much new information and so many new products coming out so we have to keep testing and it's really just word of mouth like hey this works great and oh i love this setup and the more people can share their information and experiences the better we all get at foiling so having this podcast to listen to is great as well as you know having instagram and the just like the internet where we can share information and people can chat and listen to other people's feedback. Um, you know, you just pulled on a thread there. First off, thank you. Cause I, I agree. I mean, I use the podcast selfishly to get better and the goal is to bring everyone along at the same time. And, and I hope that's what it's accomplishing. I, I feel like it is. And I, I hope that's how everyone perceives it. Um, and you mentioned Instagram as well. And, how do you use Instagram for foiling? Yeah, so I mean, I use Insta I started Instagram about three years ago. And I just started to put my content out there and hopefully people will see it and 
you know, start following me and my adventure and surfing and foiling and kind of learn from me as well as learn. I can learn from others on Instagram. So whenever like I have questions, I can hit up like Adam Bennett's, which is a, he's, he knows so much and Kane and all those top guys. And I can ask them questions. And also people ask me questions on Instagram. <clears throat> so my Instagram DMS are filled with right now, the lift uh, high aspect wings just came out. So I'm getting lots of DMS asking what wing should I buy? What wing is good for this, con- these conditions? What back wing should I use? So lots of people just ask me like what, I recommend for them and what equipment I'm using. So every time I try to post something foiling, I try to list my equipment so other people can kind of read my caption and see what I'm writing. And hopefully it helps them make a decision what to buy or what to, what equipment to get on. Absolutely. Um, that's the same way that I, that I do it too. I mean, there's two, there's two layers to Instagram. There's what you see. And then there's the conversations that are happening behind the scenes and they're both incredibly valuable the visuals of being able to break down you never really get the real feel from the marketing of any company i don't think and so i always like to to see the pros like the best guys in the world ride something and then i like to see you know more like intermediate guys ride something and then beginners ride something to kind of get an idea of what the width of the um usability of a wing is um so i think that's incredibly helpful and then the conversations that happen behind the scenes are are where a lot of the meat comes from too you know i think that you probably have ongoing conversations with you know adam and kane and everybody and so do i and there's just so much information being traded and that's insanely beneficial you know yeah and just one thing that i'll never one 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 big takeaway from your podcast and Instagram is when Adam Bennett's talked about having your back foot behind the mast when using a high aspect wing. And this, this was about, I don't know, maybe like nine months ago. And, you know, right after I listened to it, I went out and moved my mast up, put my, made sure my back foot was behind it. And that can, that was a game changer. And now since then I've been riding my mast all the way up. And that just like, that's just one example that helped me learn. And there's, there's many more, especially with, you know, when people talk about different types of tailwings and designs and types of boards, you know, every time you listen to something or hear someone talk, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go try that. And it either works for you or it doesn't. And then from then on, you just keep learning what works for you. And you yeah. keep kind of developing this, developing your equipment and kind of dialing in what is right for you. Yeah. Um. So I've got a good friend. He's one of the smartest folks that I know. And we have been having a, an ongoing debate about Instagram. And he thinks that so a platform like Instagram, and I'm not throwing Instagram under the bus, but it seems to be where the foiling community is, creates a group think to where there is an incentive to get likes and admiration from you know the foiling community. And then it tends to drive the evolution of the sport into the areas where you're getting the most likes. And maybe you see this right now with the strapped foiling and airs. And and maybe, you know, because those are blowing up on Instagram, more guys are jumping into the strapped and wanting to do airs. And that he he tends to think that the genius is going to happen in people where they're not exposed or not being um manipulated by the um by seeking that attention what do you think about that i mean instagram is definitely good and evil as my parents say (laughs) but uh (laughs) good parents yeah you know social media is so powerful and you can there's so many takeaways from being on social media but every time you post something it's kind of natural to just like you know crave attention for something so every time you post something you're kind of putting it out there and people can like and comment and share and whenever someone comments something it makes you feel good about yourself and makes you feel good so you get all stoked and this whole like likes thing you know let's say you post like a super super sick video it's gonna get lots of likes and shares because people are just gonna be stoked on it like the other day i was scrolling i opened my instagram 
And first thing that popped up was Jeffrey Spencer's backflip with the wing. And I was just oh, like, so what the, like, yep. that was amazing. And, you know, I, I automatically shared it to my friends, liked and commented, you know, gave him a DM, like, dude, that was insane. And kind of just, it took me like 10 seconds to share it to so many people and say, wow. So with Instagram, you can share, like, comment, and that kind of exposes your content and other people's content to more people. And it's a good, especially like the foiling community, everything's so new and there's so many, there's so much like different types of equipment where when people come out with new content, you can share it and it gets other people interested in that rider and their equipment. And then that person shares it to their friend and then that friend shares it to that friend. And it, it keeps going on to other people and more people start seeing your stuff and people have questions and they ask you what you're writing and it kind of exposes yourself and the company that you're writing to so many people around the world and they get interested. So it's really, uh, in my opinion, it's a fabulous tool to have and it's a great way to share content. What's the dark side? The dark side is that you get obsessed with, you know, the likes and the comments and the shares and it doesn't, it turns into kind of like a kind of like a chore where you know you get all stressed out about having to post certain pictures and videos and you know what looks good in my feed and i'm kind of i'm 15 years old i have lots of friends who are kind of instagram famous with you know 70,000 followers and they're doing great but it is kind of it's not just like a post whatever it's you, you do want to make your feed kind of look good as they say and the better your feed looks the more people will click on it and it's really the kind of thing where you gotta it's almost like a job where you gotta keep putting out content and the more you post the more people follow you and the more interactions you gain so that's kind of the dark side of it where you kind of if you fall into that trap kind of stresses you out and kind of consumes you in a negative way do you think that it changes the way that you surf? Do you think it's changing the collective evolution of of foiling? Oh, for sure. I mean, if you see someone, you know, everyone has their own person that they follow on Instagram that they they love to watch. You know, every time they yep. post something, they're like, oh, wow, that's great. And just by seeing someone surf on Instagram, it can change your style and can make you say oh wow i want to i want to surf like them and you you kind of like look at the video and kind of take notes and then next time you go out for your session you know it can be as simple as you know arm placement or like how you know just like style like when you turn Mm -hmm. where's your arm how low are they are their knees bent and what lines they're taking so you look at all that stuff and then you go back out into the ocean and you kind of incorporate that into your own foiling and then that makes you better. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. And that has been my argument in the conversation that I've been having, which is that it is fueling the evolution of the sport and it is allowing us to learn best practices much sooner than we would um, otherwise. Like if you think about like the Kane and Nathan evolution of pump and now how many people can do that, if they weren't posting, if we didn't see that, we'd probably arrive at the same thing, but maybe it takes us two more years. But now all of the waves that I'm going to connect over these next two years that I wouldn't have connected are going to allow me to be so much farther down the line that I would have been otherwise. I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, it's the flashy part that he has a problem with, I think, but, um, I don't know. I think it's good for the evolution of the sport. I, I also think because it's a, not a competitive sport, we tend to evolve towards what's most fun and most radical. Um, and so I think it's allowing us all to have more fun in the water. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when you have like surfing and, you know, let's say you're 20 years old and you're sponsored by a big company and you're trying to put content out there just to get more sponsors and kind of more support right now with foiling. It's you're putting stuff out there to 
kind of psych out the entire foiling community. It's not for the, it's not really for the sponsors. There's not, there's no money involved in foiling right now. It's just fun. And it's yep. a community of sport that we get to all enjoy. So whenever you yeah. put something on Instagram, it's for everyone else to see and kind of get stoked on. And you know how you're saying about Kane and Nathan, how they kind of set the bar for pumping. I've been watching a uh, Kyle Lenny and foil wizard for like their airs are insane. And, you know, you oh, can yeah. watch a video and take notes and then it helps you a lot. And it's just such a powerful tool that we have, but you can either use it or abuse it, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Wise beyond your years, Jack. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about what I wanted to talk to you about, which is big wins just hooked me up with, uh, if you guys don't know, Big Wins is letting me test a bunch of gear, um, support them because they're supporting the podcast. TJ over there has been awesome. And I just got access to the Lyft 170, and it's blowing my mind. Um, and I know you've been riding it a lot, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Oh, what for sure. About that wing? Yeah. So um, Lyft has always been kind of like one of the leading brands, and it, everyone kind of started with the Lyft 200. That was like, setup everyone was kind of stoked on it and you know as it continued the, the 170 surf came out and everyone started kind of getting all these new lift wings and then when they're like the they're like that one company that you know everyone else had kind of a high aspect wing and they didn't have it yet so when i heard that lift was coming out with a high aspect i was so stoked and kind of didn't really know what to expect didn't know if it was going to be you know super good at turning or super fast or slow and i kind of like had no expectations so when i went to go pick up my high aspect wing i took it out that day and my first wave i was just mind blown and what, what did I've it tried, feel like yeah so like I've tried, for me i've tried other high aspect wings and i've kind of you know i got a feel for the high aspects i've been riding them for about six months before i hopped on the lift one so I knew kind of what to expect out of a high aspect wing, but when I hopped on the lift one, I uh, my first wave, I went up the coast, kind of caught a little chip shot, and maybe it had like a 300-yard downwind, like just super short, just trying to feel it out. And as soon as I got up, it was just zooming so fast, and I was giving so little effort in my pumps, but it was still yeah. going so fast, and it felt like, every time I would pump it kind of like squirt me forward and just kind of add a little boost. And that was when I had the 170 with the 25 tail, you know, that's their standard production model. And yeah, I was like, wow, this is insane. So I kept riding it and kind of started to feel the turns out, but the pumping was insane. And I went for, you know, 300 yards and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to pump upwind. And I pumped like halfway upwind to where I started. And I was like, wow, this is, this is great. So I kept playing with it and, you know, trying the, a big debate right now is the 25 back tail or the 34. So I, you know, switched them out and for a solid month every day, I'd just be testing it and trying to give feedback to my friends and lift and tell them what's great. And I'm just super happy with it. Yeah. I um I can't believe I've ridden I, I'm a I'm a huge Unifoil signature fan. I love the uh the 190 has like been my favorite wing forever. And every time that I've gotten uh on more efficient gear, I've always been like, wow, I, I never realized whatever wing had so much drag until I felt this one. And nothing's ever done that to me on the uni one ninety. And then when I hopped on the lift, I just couldn't believe how much speed that thing has. It's so yeah. fast. Yes. And uh, I, it's actually kind of changed my mindset on foiling. Like, you know, behind the plate, like behind the house where I surf all the time, it's, it's a, like, I don't know, generally like a two foot kind of mushy sandbar. And you kind of have your distances mapped out about like how far a wave can be away for you to, to get there, to connect to it. And you're just pumping so much faster that it's added like 50, 75 meters on all sides of that, you know, equation of, of like what my range is to get to waves, um, which is just amazing. And then you're spending less time 
pumping and more time riding waves because you're covering distance so much faster. Um, and it's kind of changed like the, the game there. And then the efficiency of it in, in like in turning and, and whatnot, um, it's been kind of a little difficult to, to figure out how to recalibrate where I need to be on the wave because things are happening. It seems like the waves in slow motion, you're traveling so much faster than the wave right now. So I, I'm not doing the, the best turns on it yet. I don't feel like, but, um, I just can't believe the speed of it. It's so good. Yeah. It totally opens up a, like you were saying, a different range of where you can go and you can yeah. pump so much farther and faster and you get there and then you're in a whole different, you, you can even be at a, a whole different break. And you're right. like, whoa, I started there and now I'm here. And, you know, yeah. in, on Oahu and Hawaii, we've, at summertime right now, and the past like month has been so terrible wave-wise. We've, we've gone like a month in the middle of summer without waves above two feet. Oh, man. And lots of wind. So, you know, we haven't been surfing a bunch. And especially with the whole pandemic, everyone's out there surfing because that's like really the only thing you can do right now. So everyone's kind of, you know, uh, I want to say eggy because there's not a lot, of, not a ton of waves. But um, me and my friends, once we got that lift high aspect, we, every day almost we just go downwind. We, I think you guys call it shore runners. Is that what you call it? We call them shore runners because we don't have real downwinders here. Yeah. We just basically get. I just did one today. It was sick. I, you did the Takuma thirteen hundred today, which I want to talk about as well. I don't know if you've been on that, but that wing is really good too. Um, but the uh, we just basically run the surf line with the beach down the way today. Just did a few miles. It's awesome. Yes. So um, ours is kind of ours. I think I consider ours a downwind. We you know paddle out to a break that's exposed yeah. to the wind, catch a little chip shot and pump out maybe hundred yards. And then once we're in the wind line, we're just kind of going all the way down. We go about three miles the other day we did four and a half miles that was like our longest kind of run and it's just it's me and like three other guys and on oahu south shore downwinding on a foil hasn't really taken off yet because you know it's we don't have these like big channels like on maui you have the maliko run which is just this big open ocean run that's 10 miles but here it's kind of different so we about like six months ago we kind of just started getting into it and as we say we we send it and just just go and just try new things so we've been doing that and every day we've had almost enough wind to be able to go and we've been just get a ride up and then foil down and then get another ride up and just doing that you know maybe three or four times a day and kind of just that's like the ultimate test for the high aspect wings and we've been switching off between the 170 and the 200 and feeling the differences. And so far they've been excellent. Tell me about the 200. How does it differ from the uh, 170 and tell everyone what you weigh again? Cause I know actually one point is when I got the 170, when I first looked at it, I go, there's no way I'm going to be able to fly this thing. It's way too small. And I can't believe that it's, pretty easy i'm I'm 190 pounds it's pretty easy for me to fly that wing now it's really pitchy and it's not like a intermediate type well i think you need to be a little bit better to, to have fun on that wing um just my first feel or maybe maybe just because it's so small and i'm pretty big but um how's the 200 feel yeah so we've been on the 170 for about a month now and then last week me and a Scotty foil wizard picked up the 200 and we took it out and it was a pretty steady wind, maybe like 20 miles per hour. That's like pretty average for us. And we took it out, we did a downwinder and we were kind of shocked. Like, you know, everyone, everyone kind of knows now that the bigger you go on a wing, the slower it's going to be. Yeah. So we kind of, we knew the 170 was super fast and we were super stoked in that one, but we wanted to see how the 200 compared to that. And we had no expectations. We first wave we caught was on the shoulder of this break and pumped out and did a three mile downwind. And we were just blown away how 
great it is compared to the 170 because the 170 is super fast, but the 200 is almost just as fast. And I say gliding when you're just on a wave, there is a little bit more drag just because it's bigger, but mm-hmm. you can make it go just as fast as the 170 if you pump. So oh, wow. we were kind of when you downwind, you have all these bumps. Yeah. And you kind of go. And then once that bump's done, you kind of pump to the next one, you kind of just link with the 170. Right. You can just like, catch like two or three bumps in front of you and just like pump and just overtake bumps. So that was like a big, big, uh, benefit with the 170 and you know, the 200, we were able to do that just as well. So we were shocked. And, uh, the plus about the 200 is that there's extra lift and you can kind of hover there at low speeds better than the 170. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, those two wings are kind of much like the downwind weapons we call them. And I'm 135 pounds. Scotty's, I think, 160. So we're on the lighter side. But uh, the 170 is plenty enough, and the 200 is just just cruising the entire way. Um, how do you feel the 170 is in the surf? Have you had many days um, surfing it yet? Yeah. So the first day I got it, you know, I was just doing like these small turns, just kind of trying to feel it out. But I've taken it in like pretty rippable conditions where I would usually ride a 150 surf wing with like my straps. I've taken it out there and I've done a couple crazy turns, kind of surprised myself. And that was with the 170 and the 34 back wing. Mm-hmm. I think the 34 back wing is the kind of like the best back wing for if you want to like rip the high aspect or kind of just like play in the surf and do good turns. That's kind of like the best all around tailing. You but think it's better trying- than the, uh, the 25 well the 25 is a little drifty i feel like and the 25s i use the 25 the wind is nuking and i just want to go as fast as i can and with the 25 you can there's definitely a a speed difference than the 34 and you know you can go so fast and to the point where you're just hanging on trying trying not to breach and yeah with the with the 200 i use the 25 um Scotty said he tried 34 the other day and he said the turns were just kind of slower. And he said the 25 with the 200 is that's the one, the 34 with the 170 is the setup. So okay. I have been able to, you know, do some pretty good turns on the 170. And the other day I took out the 200 in the surf with the 25 back wing and I was blown away again. I was able to turn it almost just as good. You know, there, it does feel a little bigger since I'm really yep. light, but I was able to get the wing out of the water on my turns and kind of carve and go at super, carve at super high speeds and feel comfortable. So it was great. Right on. Um, the, I've only been on it three or four sessions now, four, I guess. Um, but one was only like two waves, just the tail end of a session. Um, but the turns are getting better every time. And what I'm liking is how, how long it's letting me hang out kind of in the flats before I bottom turn up. You kind of get to pick your spot because it's so efficient and it carries so much speed that it really changes how far away from the wave you can get and then work yourself back up into the pocket. For sure. Yeah. And kind of with the bottom turns, you can kind of just hover there and kind of eye out wherever you want to do your turn. And then when you're ready, you kind of go up and attack. Yep. No, absolutely. I'm wondering, I'm so dialed on the uni stuff and I love that stuff so much. I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to surf it the same way. Um, as like the 190, you know, cause you've got the custom tails and you can add shims and all of that. And on the, on the lift, you're pretty much locked into the options that they have. Now I only have the 25. I haven't tried the 34 yet, but I'm wondering if it'll get as surfy as I get used to it, or if it'll just kind of be my speed runner, um, type wing. Yeah, do you have a, a Uni 170 Hyper? Uh, I do not, know. I have the yeah, 190 so Hyper. I recently tried that wing out, and um, it actually, it's the same 170, you know, as the lift, but um, right. the wingspan is actually smaller by a few inches. So I noticed that on the turns, the 170, you can rip it a little harder just because the wingspan is smaller but they have to do since you pull in that wingspan you got to 
put the rest of that surface area somewhere else. So um, it is thicker than the, the leading edge is thicker than the 170 lift. Mm -hmm. So therefore it's a little slower. So yeah, the 170, you know, just goes so fast because it's so thin, but that 170 hyper actually turns a little better just because the wingspan is more, the, it has a shorter wingspan. Right. So what tail were you riding good. on it? Um, out of, out of 14 flat tail. So I think that's the, okay. the 14 race tail, but, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's a give and take, you know, if you want to go fast, you, uh, kind of go thin and longer. And then with, uh, if you want to like rip hard, you, with the high aspects, you kind of go a smaller wingspan, but you got to put that surface area somewhere. So the leading edge becomes a little thicker. Yep. Um, what else you been riding? Any other new toys? Um, uh, I would say like three months ago, I was all stoked on the 150 surf wing from Lyft. Mm -hmm. You know, with my straps doing backflips and all these different types of airs. But uh, I haven't really touched that thing in about. I haven't touched it since I got my high aspect wing, and yeah. I just have no desire to try and rip junk conditions when I could be going miles down the coast downwind on my big wing. So I've been really just playing with the high aspects and I've also been surfing, been on my longboard and my fish lately and trying to, trying to mix it up. And as well as uh wing foiling, trying to do that more and learn how to get better at it. So it's been fun trying to mix it up lately and trying to do all these different activities and sports right on have you spent any time on the takuma 1300 that's the other way i'm testing a bunch right now yeah so scotty has it and you know yep. me and scotty are really good friends we get, he's like my main foiling partner and he actually has the 1300 and when it when he first got it he uh, brought it out and i uh hopped on it and i think i was going for like 10 minutes and it just there's so much lift at low speeds mm. where you can go and just glide there and just stand when the waves just total mush. Yeah. And then you go out and you pump forever and then catch another one. But it is slower than a high aspect wing since it does have that curved surfing shape. Yeah. It's it's a lot faster though than the other like surf wings like if you compare it to what it looks like which would be like the np oh, medium sure. like the old school yeah. i'm like blown away by the speed and efficiency it has it feels to me like the best all-around wing that i've ridden so far like if i had to have just one foil for a year right now i might pick that yeah um, that's what that's what we kind of agreed on that it's the best all-around foil and you know when you look at it at first it kind of looks like a evo wing a GoFoil evo wing or that kind of like thicker curve surf wing kind of yeah. bog, boggy wing, but uh, you get on it and compared to other surf wings, it's so fast and so much lift and it turns Absolutely. great too for the size. It's 1300, which is when you look at it in real life, it's kind of big. And when you get out there, you can crank turns and it just goes fast through the turns and it turns much better than you expected. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I rode it for the first session with its stock tail and I was talking to Kane about it and Kane's like, yeah, I love that wing, but he's like, I ride this signature, my tails on it. So I, I switched it out to my favorite tail that I ride on all my signature gear now, which is this custom thing I made. Um, and it added, I don't know, a couple miles per hour and more efficiency to it and oh, it turns wow. better. Yeah. It's awesome. Like I ride, like, it's basically like the, uh, the sprint tail, like the 14 sprints, a 13 and a half with down tips, um, but oh, yeah. a little bit thinner profile. And for me, I like it. A, I like it a lot. I like it with the, with this, the regular tail with the stock tail, but it's just faster and whippier with, um, with like one of the signature type tails on it. Um, cause that, that other tail, like the one that comes with it's kind of draggy and I get it because you got to re release a wing that's everyone wants to ride and it becomes more pitchy and i don't know if it would be as good for winging or for downwinding but um but in the surf it's really good yeah and the, on it i did yeah. uh 
like 30 kilometers an hour. Like that's what I rode today on my shore runner, like two foot surf. I was in like 30 kilometers an hour. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That new, uh, that, uh, video that Takuma posted last week kind of blew up and probably got so many shares, but I know here in Hawaii, everyone was kind of talking about it. Like, Oh, did you see the new, um, Takuma wing? It looks so great. And, uh, I'm just waiting to try that one. And I think that one's going to be even better. Um, I wonder, I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be an incredibly good wing, but I wonder how much of that surfy feel, uh, you'll have with, yeah. with that new design. Cause it looks more high aspect to me. It does. And it's thinner and kind of pulled out and shorter cord. So I think, I don't know. You can't really say anything if you haven't tried it, but yeah, I think it's going to be, I can't wait to feel it very fast and very good for downwind and pumping. And hopefully yeah. the turning ability is just as great. Yeah, hopefully it is. The uh, the video I saw, I guess, um, and I'm trying to get Lauren, the designer, on the show. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work out because he's not a natural English speaker. But um, I might just send him a bunch of questions and, I don't know, have him answer them, you know, and then just post it or something. But um, uh, he just posted a video of someone behind a boat kind of killing it doing a bunch of snappy turns but the uh the beauty in the 1300 is just how surfy it is and it still pumps good it pumps like pretty close to my 190 not as fast but as easy to pump and then it it surfs like a good surf wing which is really cool yeah you know everyone everyone wants that uh in between pumping and turning so you kind of got you know you can't just you can't have a wing that turns like a 170 surf wing or a 150 surf wing that pumps like a 200 height aspect it's just not really doesn't really work that way but uh that's a cool you don't think it will one day you don't think we're going to figure I mean, out in the next oh, year or two how to for sure it. one day for sure one yeah. day but like right now you know everything's so new we're still figuring out what works so right now there really isn't a wing that can do that to that extreme but um that takuma 1300 is a pretty close and good example of what uh, what we're kind of going for in the future. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not the wing you'd pick like to win a downwind race or to do the best turn ever on probably. But if you wanted to no, be able to do it yeah, all. But if you had to pick one good. foil and you had to buy one foil to ride, that'd be the one to, you know, the best all arounder. Probably. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Um, let's see, man. What else you been up to? Um, what maneuvers are you working on? Uh, yeah, actually, let's so, talk about. I, you just posted a video or a, a clip of a photo of you doing a big breach turn. I think it was on the 170 or the 200. It looked yeah, like a yeah. little rail grab or something. Let's talk about those breach turns. It's something I'm working on right now. I'm trying yeah, to get better so, after that Dylan Fishman podcast. A kind of cool kind of trick to do is when you're pumping out and someone sitting in the lineup with a camera and you kind of go you know, <laughs> a couple feet away from them and grab your rail and just trying to bust that uh tip the wing tip out of the water and just it's a cool you know lots of times you don't really make it you end up falling but if you can get that frame grab it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool shot but uh uh my friend was just sitting in the water with a gopro and i was like okay you know i'm gonna try it and came about two feet away from him and busted that turn and i didn't expect to make it but after yeah after I did it, the wing kind of just hovered there. I was like, uh, okay. And it just kept pumping. And after I pumped out of it, I kind of, kind of a surprise myself. And he sent me the clip. I was like, oh, wow. Like after I did that, like half my wing came out of the water. I think if you look at it, my tail wing came out too. And, uh, it came back in and the wing continued to hover and I recovered from it and kept going. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's sick. What what tips do you have? Are you actively ever trying to breach your wing tips and turns, or is it just happening yeah. and you're trying to recover? No, yeah. So the goal is with that is that I can do that going fast on a wave, you know, grab my rail and just get that get half the wing out of the water, kind of like make it look like a shark swimming through the water. But uh, that's the goal to be on a wave and just bust that wing tip out and keep going and just um, make sure it's super smooth and not super sketchy. 
and you know sometimes i'll do a turn and like a little bit of the wing will come out but I'm, I'm still working on it so i think one way i'm practicing is by grabbing my rail and kind of kind of uh i'm lower and close to my board where my center of gravity is more balanced and grabbing that rail you're kind of it feels a little safer so i've been just doing that and hopefully one day i can just do a a kind of like a short board turn with the high aspect and have that wing out of the water. That would be pretty, that'd be sick. But one day we'll figure that yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. I mean, there's already guys doing that. I've seen Adam Bennett's do a couple of those and I'm sure Kane and all those high aspect kind of, kind of the guys who like pioneered the whole high aspect wing moved the, um, how would I say this? You can edit this video, yeah? I <laughs> know uh, I'm not going to edit it now. Oh, you're not? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, all those guys kind of started the high aspect um, kind of surf, surfing. And when they first came out, they were made for racing, and then guys started surfing it. And all Kane and really kind of showed everyone what he can do and what's possible with the high aspect. So hopefully one day I can do a crazy turn like them or kind of do like a turn that people would think is on a small surfing, but it's really on a big high aspect. Yeah. I think you're going to see some design changes happening. Um, you know, signature drop in the new, um, the variable fuselage lengths, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. It also sounds like a, mid aspect is kind of the next direction where companies are going to start going, you know, you have your, you have this, you have that, and then what's left to make. I, so you have, you have your high aspects, your low aspect surf wings. And now it's time for the mid aspect kind of in between wings. I think that's why the GoFoil 140 is so popular and so good. Yeah. And GoFoil is, you know, GoFoil kind of came out with that 180 and that kind of blew up. And then they were kind of one of the first companies to come out with, you know, 140 and 120 high aspect wings. Yep. Uh, it's hard to call them high aspect wings, but because they are, it's the same, it looks like the same chord to me anyway. Yeah. yeah My buddy Mike Pettigo, we surfed yesterday morning and he had this one, he posted it to his Instagram. If you guys um, go check out flyline underscore productions, he does this series of turns on that 140 that just blew my mind just putting it fully over on rail. Um, I, I thought I was winning the session until he did that. <laughs> and I think he took it with that. Well, I pumped longer. Yeah, so I'm interested to see how those kind of mid aspect wings are going to feel and what companies are going to start making those and where it's going to take the sport. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's so, it's so fun just seeing Takuma release that and to see, uh, lift releasing that stuff. And I know Unifoil and signature, I know MFC has got new gear coming out. Like next year is going to be really fun oh, for, for sure for us guys who have put in the time to get to a level where we can appreciate the new gear next year. It's going to be really fun to be foiling. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like if you look at, you know, lots of us started maybe two or three years ago. And if you look, kind of look at where, it kind of started in the first wings we were on and compare it to what we're riding now, just after a year or two, the designs and technology of the foil has changed so much. And yep. I've I always wondered, you know, where are we going to be in five years? What, what are we going to, what kind of maneuvers are going to be like the normal, just how, you know, right now cutbacks, whitewash hits, double waves and reconnects. That's kind of like the normal. And I think maybe in five years, everyone's going to start be doing these airs and, you know, backflips and kind of just like raising the bar, pushing the limits. Yeah. How much do you like riding strapped now versus unstrapped in surf? Yeah. So um, whenever I ride a a high aspect, I kind of just take the straps off and just cruise. But uh, I I like Kai Lenny's videos. You know, he's a He's one of my favorite foilers and one just one of my favorite surfers in general. You know, I really think he is the best waterman. And he rides straps and he does all these crazy airs and rotations and 
after seeing him do that, I, it makes me want to try. So I like to throw that. I started throwing the straps on with the high aspect and kind of seeing how that works. And one thing that I noticed is that with the high aspect, you're going so fast. So when you're kind of, you know, when you do that bottom turn, you excel and there's so much speed out of it where once you hit the lip, you can kind of boost so high. So I've been trying to try to just boost as high as I can with the high aspect wing. And then when you land, since there's such a big wing, wingspan, the landing is super stable. So in a way, in, in my opinion, I think it's almost easier to get higher airs off a big, well, I wouldn't say big, but like a you know, 170 high aspect wing than a small circle wing. Yeah. Was that what you were on when you did that alley-oop the other day? Yeah. So that was at Lahaina guardrails on Maui. And mm-hmm. kind of among the Hawaii community, that's kind of a kind of a almost well-known kind of famous foil spot, you know, on, on Maui. Whenever it's good, all the top guys there, Austin Kalama, Kane, they all foil that. And I always see videos on Instagram. So I, my good friend lives on Maui, so I squeezed in a inner island trip before the summer ended for me. And we went to guardrails a few times and got my friend, uh, perhaps you guys probably know him, Sky Rama. That's mm-hmm. his Instagram, but uh, Sky, he rips strapless and he's pushing the limits with, you know, he's, I think he's like 6'2 or something. He's a big guy and he's riding a 1050 surf wing. And so we got to go hang out with him and kind of all those guys and kind of surf what they surf. And I, uh, took out the waves were kind of small when we were there so i took out that 170 lift high aspect with my straps and just my uh my goal was just to land a couple of those alley-oops and i ended up landing one with the high aspect and it just that's when i kind of realized like wow this wing is like as much as people think it's just kind of like a cruising wing it can still rip and do these nuts airs almost better than an actual surfing because you're getting more speed out of the bottom turn and when you connect with the lip, you're just boosting as high as you want. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, Pedigo and I were talking this morning about just the evolution of of foils and something that he, he mentioned, which I agree with, is, you know, three years ago, there was no one or four years ago, there was no one that was good enough, probably to take advantage of the gear that's coming out right now. The riders had to evolve alongside the gear evolution, right? And, you know, I got to ride a lift wing like when I'd been foiling for like two months and I didn't think it was good at all. You know, like it was, it was so pitchy and it was, it was so difficult for me to ride. And I was like, I don't don't even like this. I want to go back. I want to ride those wings again. Um, You know, as you get better, the you know the wings require greater precision there's less margin for air but you know as you're better um you can take advantage of that so i don't know i want to go back now and ride you know like maybe the lift 200 or the i don't know if they don't make the 170 surf anymore i don't think but to try to ride some of those wings just to see how they feel now that i have a whole different perspective and ability yeah for sure and i think as we all got better you know there's we all had that clicking moment where we got better super fast and yeah, kind of, if you look back to what we all started on and what we're on now, we kind of have a kind of greater appreciation of what we're riding because, you know, we've seen, you know, the everyone, lots of people started with like a go foil or clown nine or Nash. That was like kind yep. of like the brand where everyone started on, you know, the go foil Kai or Eva wing and the, the um, clown nine P27 or S24. That's yeah. what I started on. And, you know, if you kind of look at that and then look at what we're writing now, the it's developed so much. And we've kind of, we've kind of been through that whole change where we've gone from like first gen to like second gen foils. And it, it makes you have an appreciation of what's good. And if, you know, if guys who are just starting now, if they get the best stuff, that's what they're learning on. And they don't really know what we started on. So you now think that's that the way to learn? What do you think 
if you could pick your evolution, if you could coach yourself, right? Jack has never, you've never surfed foiled before and you're coaching yourself. What's the first wing you put yourself on? The first wing, in my opinion, that I'd put myself on is a lift 200 surf. You know, that wing, it's, uh, it's kind of like an all around wing, you know, and it's, it's great for beginners. You know, when people hit me up and they say, Hey, I want to get into foiling. What foil should I get? I just tell them, Hey, you know, get that lift 200 surf and with a 28 mast. And it's a kind of all around user-friendly setup. But, uh, when I started and when lots of guys started, it lift didn't really, lift wasn't really popular. And what was popular was the cloud nine and go foil. That's what everyone was on. So, you know, mm-hmm. I got one of those and started, but once that, once lift started coming out with wings and, you know, unifoil and signature, it uh, kind of like raised the bar. So now that like if people are learning right now, I'd say like go get on, you know, forget those like first generation foils. Those ones are kind of, we've kind of passed that. We're on to second generation and pretty soon the third generation of foils. But um, you don't think I'd it would be easier though to learn on something that has like those first generation foils had tons of lift and tons of drag so it actually felt a lot more like surfing in some ways right like holds you more into the pocket um you know you just push down heavy on your front foot kind of real stable you don't think there's value in that i I generally tend to focus oh for sure there's like yeah those for the first month for sure there's value in that but um you know i think that if you're going to start foiling might as well just get on something where you know if you're spending money Let's say you drop fifteen hundred bucks on a foil. Here, uh, you can if it's like a good foil, you can use that for a while. But you know, yeah. I started on a six hundred dollars setup. I got it from our used surfboard shop, and I don't even know what brand foil it was. It was like a no. There wasn't even a logo. It was an all carbon foil. I'm pretty sure it was just like a China knockoff, and it was a surfboard. It was a big five six surfboard with foil boxes in it. So yeah. that that wing barely lifted out of the water and it was so junk. And I was able to learn on it great, but I had to, you know, after the first month I sold it. And you know, once you're buying and selling a lot, you're you're still losing a little bit of money. So I think a kind of cost efficient way if you're really committed is to just get the get the real deal, then that will last you a long time. So you don't have to buy and sell. But like you're saying, those first generation foils that we all learned on they're great because they there's low speed, but then you're going to have to end up selling it and, you know, getting another setup and going through that hassle. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree with that point. When you look at it from an economic standpoint, what you're saying is right. Get on the, get on one of the brands that you know is going to be around and it's going to evolve. It's already made good wings so that you don't have to replace the system. Yeah. Um, So I see a lot of guys just starting and I, Ask them like, oh, when when did you start? They're like, oh, this is like my second week. And uh, when they have like a kind of like one of those main brand foils that they're on, they can uh they can actually keep that foil. And once they get good, they can just get different types of wings and you know keep that mast. And yeah, they don't have to spend a bunch of money. And for most people, the whole cost of foiling is kind of what is a plays a big factor. And if they want to really get committed. So because it's expensive, you got to kind of make good decisions and kind of study and think about what you want to get before you start. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with all that. You know, I think there's enough people though now too, that have those old foils that'll let people borrow them or rent them for nothing or buy them for nothing that. Oh, for sure. You can get your hands on them. That's the way to, yeah, I see, to do it. I see some of those foils on Craigslist going for, you know, 400 bucks and yep and i also think like if if your friend has his old foil that you know if he just upgraded and still has that old one just let your friends try it and um i i tell people like if you're not really super committed or if you're kind of just like so so about if you want to start just go find a friend ask to borrow theirs and see if you like it and see if it's something that you can see yourself getting into and see if you're capable of learning before you go and drop a bunch of money on a on a legit setup yeah i think most people are capable of learning it's the 
humbling process. Yes, for sure. Some people don't want to go through. <laughs> I mean, if all of us had a choice, we all wish we could just be good right away, but that's not how it works. Yeah, but the fun part's the journey, man. That's true. That's true. I mean, with winging, I started winging because I saw guys boosting and doing these huge errors. I was like, oh, I just want to do that. But, you know, I had to learn how to go straight first and stand up and then I have to learn how to tack. And that's another learning process. So as much as you want to kind of just go straight to ripping, you got to pay your dues and start at the very beginning. Yeah. And when you start at the beginning, you can have your best day every day. When you've been doing something for 10 years, it's hard to have your best day. That's what That's I always true. think. And the best feeling is when you can finally, I think the best feeling is when you're going for you know a week and you're just eating it. But then once you finally get that one wave where you just go for a while, just going straight, that's the best. And then the next best feeling is, you know, once you start to pump out and connect your first wave and then once you do small turns. Yeah. My, uh, my son, Damo is 11 and he hasn't been that stoked. We've been up in cold water and he hasn't been that stoked. We're down in Florida right now. And, um, he's gotten really back into foiling and yesterday he connected four waves for the first time and he was oh, so wow. stoked. Yeah. Um, I remember my first so wave that I connected, I claimed it, and, you know, hands up in the yeah. air. Like I just won the national title or whatever. And just so happy best man and that's what separates foiling from surfing the fact that you can go out and catch another wave and ideally you can catch as many as your legs can handle yeah limited by cardio yeah you know it's funny man because the ease of pumping that 170 has given me like an extra minute on my runs oh for sure it's like it's it's wild i mean like I mean, at a buck 90, like I don't have the best cardio. I'm a pretty good sprinter, but man, I'm not a long distance runner. Um, and you know, three minute plus like multiple times a session lately, which is like crazy for me. Like generally it's like, I'm tapping out at like two minutes. I'm like, all right, that's, that's enough waves. Yeah. And that three minutes is actually much longer than you think. When you're actually, <laughs> when you're actually riding the wave and you know, just like, just like when you get barreled, if you think you got like a, 20 second barrel and that's like the best barrel of life but maybe really it was only like three three seconds but uh it always feels longer when you're surfing so just like foiling it uh a three minute ride is actually pretty long super i mean yeah i was thinking about it in the water yesterday and i was thinking like that's like a top to bottom snowboarding run oh for sure you know like you're that's going insane so fast we're getting that surf and especially if you're going fast, you're covering so much ground. Yep. So, yeah, three minutes is much longer than you think. Uh, I've gone, I think I've gone for like 12 minutes before just pumping, <laughs> but it it didn't feel like 12 minutes. It felt like an hour. So, I you know, I uh, kind of have every now and then I'll go uh, just in the waves, just like pumping wow. out. And, but every now and then I'll tie myself on my watch and I'll go. And then after I'm tired, it feels like I just gone for an hour, but really I look at my thing and it's like 10 or 15 minutes. I'm like, what <laughs> felt much longer than that. But, uh, what happens when you guys are doing your three mile downwinders? If you come off foil, how far out to sea? Oh you? yeah. yeah. So Get back up. I think that's one of the main reasons why nobody else does it <laughs> because <laughs> it's, uh, luckily I haven't like fallen. We try to not, we try to only go as far as we want to paddle back in. So, uh, we don't have a ski or anything. And, um, I ordered a stand up paddleboard, but it hasn't come yet. So I'm uh, just waiting for that, but we just go on our prone boards and we kind of pump out and you can't, you can't fall or else if you fall, you're out there and you have to paddle all the way into the break and then catch another wave and pump all the way back out. And, you know, sometimes if you fall, there's a kind of stretches for, you know, a couple hundred yards with there's no like wave where you can catch. So like you gotta, we, uh, we just try not to fall and we, uh, kind of play it safe. But I feel like once we get those stand up paddle boards, we can, uh, kind of take more risk, go farther and kind of do surfing turns on in the wind and on the bumps. Right now we kind of just 
kind of seeing how fast we can go and kind of cruising and connecting, just playing it safe because we don't want to fall. But when you have that stand up, you have that paddle where if you fall, you can get back up and kind of stay. Uh, ideally, you do the flat water start or you kind of paddle into a bump. But uh, mm-hmm. with that paddle, so, you just it's almost like a safety net where it's just if something, if you fall and if you make a mistake, you can get back up and it's not over. Right. So Scotty falls. Do you stop and take the pain with him or do you just keep going? Um, <laughs> we, we kind of have a every man for themselves kind of thing because, <laughs> you know, we, uh, it's, it's no fun when someone falls and yet you have to end your run if you're doing great. And, you know, we all kind of know what we're doing and yeah. it's not like we're like miles out, you know, we're hundred yards outside the surf break. So it's not that bad of a paddle, but if we do fall and kind of, ask them hey you okay and they say yeah and you just keep going and we all kind of have a meeting spot so we all meet each other and we all come in at different times but for uh we've been timing it through uh we um my friends have apple watches and each run is different you know it depends if you're going in or out or if you're just going straight down the coast but uh if you're going straight down we can on the apple watch it says we've gone as little as like 2.3 miles and then some days when the wind is super good and we just want to kind of savor the run, sometimes the Apple Watch will show like three miles. It's because you're going yeah. in and out and not just directly down. But when we go directly down the coast and it's about two and a half miles, the fastest I've done it in is about 10 minutes and 15 seconds. So and what speeds you guys on the Apple Watch um, do you get speed? Yeah, so top speeds are about, uh, average average top speed is about 18 for us. Um, we've gone about 20 to 22 as the top speed, but that's yep. on nuking days. And we've gone next to the jet ski. We we were able to get a jet ski a couple times, but uh, we've gone next to the jet ski, and it's not the most accurate. But the jet skis kept up with us at the same speed, and we've kind of clocked like in that low 20s. Yep. So uh, once I get an Apple Watch, hopefully. Um, I can start kind of clocking my speeds and my times and my distance. Yeah. I, I, I want to get the, uh, I did it today with the Apple watch on the Takuma. Um, I need to get the 170 out there and see how fast that thing is. See if it's, yeah. it's that much faster, if it just feels that much faster. And I, um, I got to get a job to get one. <laughs> <laughs> just hit up Apple. Do some Instagram posts. <laughs> yeah, do some Instagram posts for Apple. But uh, I think yeah. for how expensive it is, it's really a great tool to have. And it really, you can uh, learn from your own times and your own distances. Dude, the way that I use mine is I got the one that has the cell phone signal in it. Yeah, and cellular. I, yeah, and and when I, um, when I do shore runners, I've got an amazing wife who's super supportive of all my craziness. Um, I'll call her. So I'll just, you know, walk out to the beach and then just go like today I did, I don't know, two or three miles. And then when I get out, I can just call her on the watch and just tell her where I'm at and she can come grab me or yeah. if you get hurt out there or something like that. You can call for help. I, I use it when we, uh, when we tow on the boat too. I always have it on me just in case someone gets hurt. Yeah, exactly. Um, you got safety. Let's say something bad does happen and you're out in the ocean it's great to have that watch where you can, uh, you know, at least just call nine one one or, um, yep. Just get the rescue lifeguards or the fire department out there to just help you and make sure you're okay. If something really bad does happen. So I guess as great as it is to, you know, see your times, it's also a a important safety tool to have. That's, That's why I have it. I like the time thing, but I bought it for the, uh, for the safety when we started towing a bunch and, you know, being out there with my son and stuff. Yeah. And that's Um, always the first priority. And, you know, as much as we want to just go miles out to sea and just be in these big open ocean conditions without a ski, it's not really smart. So, uh, you know, if we have a boat or something, we'll be able to do that. But for now, since it's just us, we got to kind of stay closer to the shore and be in a distance where if we fall, we'd be comfortable paddling in. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, we're hitting the hour mark right now, Jack. What uh, what else do you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Um, just shout out to 
everyone who uh, just shout out to everyone who supports me and everyone who kind of keeps pushing the limits in the foil community. And there's always those guys who everyone looks up to. And I have my friends who I look up to and we always foil together and we always learn from each other. So just, just wanted to kind of give a shout out to them and just hope that in a few years, you know, we're even better and pushing the limits and kind of going in a upwards trend to where everyone can uh, experience different feelings and kind of experience different equipment and see where new designs lead in the future. Absolutely. You know, as we get better, you get access to more fun. You know, that's the way I look at it. Better moments, um, better, you know, more days on the water, all of it. It's cool. Um, well, thanks a ton for coming back on, Jack. We'll do it again in, uh, I don't know, three, six months, whenever you've got new stuff to report. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. And just, um, thank you to everyone who supports me and kind of supports the foiling community. And, you know, shout out to John Amundsen and sing, uh, John Amundsen and Lift Foils for helping me out and kind of signature you know they've helped me out too and kind of got me to where i am and everyone who supported me in this kind of journey and everything's so new this is just the start of what could end up leading to bigger things and for all of us and hopefully kind of we can look back in five years and say oh yeah you know i remember when we all started there and look at we all where we all are now and it's just going to be amazing to see everyone progress and get better as the years go on absolutely jack thank you for coming on the show man and um we'll talk to you soon right on thank you eric hello